back, man. Look, uh, this is episode 11. Uh, it doesn't even feel like, you know, it's going to be part of the podcast because I've you're someone I talk to every single day, bro. Someone that I've kept in contact through the last 10 years of my life. You know, I'm, I'm very happy and I'm very proud to, you know, what you've accomplished in the soccer world. And, you know, I want to let the audience know that today, LA Galaxy legend, a Boston college fucking record breaker, one of my closest friends, someone that I know, you know, like the back of my hand. And yeah, man, we're going to dive in a little bit, get to know you a bit and, you know, tell your journey. I feel like comes second nature to you. I feel like soccer, I've never met such a player or a person that soccer just comes to effortlessly. So I would like to welcome my boy, Charlie Rugg. What's good, bro? What's up? Thank you for having me. I'm really glad you're doing this. Um, I know a lot of people that you had on so far have said similar things about you doing this and you being the perfect person. Now that we're in our 30s, now that we don't play anymore, I feel like me and you're on the same page as far as like we love it. There's a lot that we can give back. It's something that we both, ex uh, you know, extremely benefited from. But, uh, you know, like it's hard. It's a hard, you know, system to to conquer. You've been very successful and you not just at the youth level, at the collegiate level, but you have MLS experience. You have major league experience. So you're someone that's seen it firsthand and. You don't realize how epic your career is, bro. Coming from a small town, you know, Massachusetts, you know, going to play in the LA Galaxy, one of the biggest markets in the world, bro. I feel like in, in the next 10 years, LA is going to be the spot of the stars. So, you know, I'm excited to document your experience with the Galaxy, with Boston College and talk a little bit how you get, you know, how you got started. I feel like Massachusetts is a, it's a so soccer hub of the United States. Yeah, you know it. It's interesting because I, I live in California now and I know that California is is one of those like big soccer uh, states, but the area that I'm in Central Coast is like, it's pretty small and there's not a huge uh, pool of players. So it's interesting seeing how the club that I played for in the area that I was in uh, growing up um, playing soccer was such a, it was such a center and we had such um, we had a high level club and I didn't really realize how high level that club and that, um, that setup was for us. It was the, Bolts. the Bolts was the, the main club. And then the Revs started their Academy after yeah. like towards the end of when I was like about to go to college. So it was mainly just the Bolts and then like some other random clubs that were like trying to compete with the Bolts. But like we, we won state cup easy every year. Yeah. And uh, like over here, it's like State Cup is huge for there's so many schools in Boston as far as, you know, BU, Harvard, Northeastern, Boston College and all the uh, uh, D2 schools. I feel like it's a if you I feel like your, your chance of getting recruited by by a school are higher in Massachusetts. And, you know, the, the, as far as like the level might may not be as competitive. But the Ed Kellys are going to show up. You know, the Marco Kuhlmans are going to show up. Holy Cross is going to be there. I feel like there's a lot of uh, – it's it's a, a big hub for recruitment. Uh, it, it definitely was. And, I again, I didn't really realize how the value of that being in it and just growing up in it and playing it. A lot of my, a lot of my career has been just, like, I didn't know what was going on. I was just going with it, and it just happened. Yeah. So, and that, that starts from, from club soccer. I was just playing, and – like I'm fast so I was able to be successful yeah, yeah. So I just kept doing that I, I kept being able to run past p other kids and then that's just like how my career went yeah and I, 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 college and I can still run past people 
And it, I, I didn't know what I was doing soccer wise, really. I was just playing. One of the one of the strongest points I have for this platform is that I keep saying that the American system doesn't have a direct blueprint. There's no information for young players. There's no information throughout the uh, you know club or college. It kind of just like if, you know you're if it's working for you, just keep doing it. There's there's really no right way to do it. And I feel like you know uh, wait to what you were saying. I feel like you know I saw you play. Yeah, I played four years with you at BC and it was, you always had a good year. But as far as like, I guess the, um, the vibe and energy I got from you is that you felt like you, you were already good enough, but you weren't getting as good as you could be. It was like, I'm athletic, more athletic than anybody. And we have a good enough group that can play me in behind the back and I'm going to be successful. And I feel like for you, that was the, the perfect, perfect atmosphere, perfect, uh, you know, position to be in because you got to score you got to put the ball in the back of the net you got to show your athleticism and I feel like that's what the MLS was looking for that's what these big leagues are looking for and not to take any credit away from you I feel like that's what we should take pride in in, in American players like you're an American player that is fast is strong there's so many players that if we're polished up if you you know get more technical from the bold stage not at BC not at you know after that if like the work has to come before, but there's no guidance at all. It's like you said, you, you know, you started, you know, you kind of just started playing club and then it went on to high school and stuff like that. And kind of not that you got lucky, but you were fortunate that you fit the model of every single, you know, of the system. Yeah, I guess I completely agree that I got lucky. I got lucky in so many ways, but I completely agree with you that there's so much other stuff that's not, uh, that's not focused on in the development part of, of the system. And yeah. I know you talk about the system a lot, but I think there's uh, there's what I so what I do right now is I coach I coach kids um, and I work with kids individually a lot. And a lot of that focus is on uh, how they can have like a individual system within themselves yeah. and how they can work, um, work on that and build that just as much as they're working their soccer and their technical skills and stuff like that. It's like I just kept playing and I was successful that way, but I missed a whole bunch of uh like the mental challenges and like the yeah. mental development that goes with some kind of uh difficulty or some kind of like testing your your uh, ability and yeah. like, like you said i'm i was always just potential i was always a lot of potential a lot of coaches said oh you have so much potential because there was there was a physical uh ability that i had i didn't know soccer i didn't know how to play like understand the game i didn't know how to manage like the emotional uh journey of the whole career like yeah. the things that go on with that and i think that's just like a just waiting to be tapped that kind of part of this whole thing is just it's just waiting to be tapped and somebody's gonna figure it out man I, yeah. out. like I, I i think yeah man i think everything you say is i've never heard you say like you know, i've talked to you every single day i feel like yeah. me you, Kyle Becker, Justin Luther, we talk about everything but soccer. Like, you know, so for me to hear, you know, yeah. you know, the, where you're at now with the sport is is definitely I like it, bro. Cause I, I've always, I've always been not, you know, I'm a huge Galaxy fan and and I always I've always said it, bro. Like you've had you have it, like the potential, not just the potential there, but the whole talent, like how successful you are with the college system, like, you know. Uh, in the college system, in the MLS, the system failed you. The system is failing the Jazzy Zardes, the Darling Tech Nagbys that, you know, those guys didn't get to play a World Cup. There is nothing, you know, I feel like 
as much as we think soccer is growing in America, it is, but we have to actually, actually start taking care of what's important for the development of players. When, when we're talking about a system, you have to think about that, like no system exists, like individual of, of other systems. So yeah, it's the American soccer system, but it exists with all kinds of like American politics, all kinds of uh, yeah. socioeconomic, everything is within, or this, the American soccer system is within all that. So when you're talking about the American soccer system, it's not just, we're not just talking about how we, how we build our youth players. We're talking about how America is and, and the culture of America. I think a, like a key word is culture in yeah. all of this. Um, but the culture of America is a huge part of that. And there's, think about how much stuff goes into that, how much stuff is, uh, plays a role in that. So like when I was playing in, in Germany, it's just a, a different feeling. Like the culture is just a different, uh, it's just a different sport, like or a different feeling about the sport. And that's, I mean, mostly because that's all the only sport that they really care about. Yeah. Over, but they also, if you're thinking about American culture versus German culture, very different. And a big part of that is we're like, uh, we have like Hollywood here. We have like all of the um, like social media hubs and all that. So our culture is kind of focused around all of this fluff and all of this like showy stuff. It's not actually the like when you go to Germany, all these like clubs, every every town has their own club. And it's not yeah. like, like, they're not really trying to play like, they're not trying to be showy. They're not trying to be, they just want to like every weekend, they want to just go and watch a game or play in a game and win and like compete and, and celebrate and all that. And that's what it's yeah. really all about. And they've been doing that since they're kids, since they're, and their family's been doing that. They're, everybody lives in the same town. Everybody knows everybody. They all have their local beer, like brewery, whatever. It's just a different culture around the whole game. And there is, yeah, there is some of that flashy, showy stuff in certain cities, like bigger cities. But in general, these European countries, these other countries just have a different culture uh, that ties into their their soccer culture. Yeah. So I think if we're like when we're looking at soccer culture in America, I think we're also we also have to look at the culture of other other areas of the country and and how those are are affecting that system. And then I think no one's brought up so far in uh, on, on the podcast is that like yes, there's not that they're distractions, but soccer is not a priority as far as like the American. No, I one of the like one of the things Alexi Lala said uh, uh, on I think it was like a couple of years ago, a few years ago when the the national team didn't make the World Cup. He was just talking about how everybody's spoiled. National team players are these, these spoiled, like, tattooed millionaires. And, yeah, it might be a little harsh. They're, they're great players. But um, at the same time, I think that is just a little bit of a taste of what I was just talking about with the culture of America feeding all the way up into the top of, of the game. So I think – and I think that just starts from, um, from the bottom and where, where we live. Um, Alexi Lalas, he's 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 your dad, bro. But <laughs> he's a Galaxy legend. I some of the like I think he's important for soccer. He's he's a different 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 era. He's lived it through through you know a different time. But he does make a lot of good points about you know being us being spoiled. If you look at what happened with just Weston McKinney, like this guy's at Juventus playing with Cristiano Ronaldo, but he's he's comes to the U.S. 
and we haven't made the world cup bro and then like the most important time this guy decides to leave and party and soccer's not even a priority and like on these players like mine yeah. you know how why would it be a priority for our culture for our people for the regular fan and it's just so disappointing because he's such a good caliber player such a superstar but it kind of just again goes we can't even be mad at the kid because bro that's that's what um, american soccer is not that important like as 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 much we think we have a great you know we make progress it's just we're still decades behind but you know um it's gonna it's getting there as far as like that if if okay yeah weston mckinney people are disappointed but at least people care at least people there at least people are mad you know less at least yeah. he's letting people down so it shows you like the interest is there that we're, we're waiting i think we'll definitely get there eventually like we have the we have the money we have the talent we have all the stuff that if america wanted to wants to get to that point then then they will they want to get to competing with the best leagues in the world i don't think it's going to be very soon but i think yeah. eventually they will and it's just Again, they're and they, they're working on it. They're actually doing the stuff like taking things from other countries. They're taking like the the uh, academy system. They're like they've been working on that and slowly shifting it into that for a while. Um, but it's just going to take time. Not that we have to lower our bar, but we have to you know lower our expectations. Like I feel like America wants everything. We're so used to getting everything fast, bro. The vaccine fast. You know everything always always fast in America, and it's like. You know, it's it's so counterproductive that we have this support and we have this potential, but we can't beat El Salvador. We tie El Salvador and we tied uh, Canada and everyone's talking shit. Like, I feel like that that's never like, what'd you expect? Like, we're not that good. We're still on the come up. I feel like people are so, yeah, we're spoiled. And it's like, it doesn't, I'm only picking at that because that's part of the culture, bro. If we, if we don't stick together as fans, if we don't, you know, give Weston McKinney that second chance and like, yeah. We're not going to elevate our culture. We're not. It's always just going to be a pissing contest. It's like, oh, if we if we're winning, we're going to be happy. But if not, you know, we're just going to destroy and riot. And it's like it, that's typical America. Yeah. I mean, my from my personal experience, like I don't like I was saying, I didn't really I wasn't really challenged or like pushed in soccer until I left college, like I didn't, uh, I like, how, how are we supposed to expect a player like me to be, uh, really contributing to the, to the, like, I don't know, the national team system or the, or part of that, the professional league when I, I didn't even like, I was going to play, uh, football in high school. Yeah. I wanted to play football my freshman year in high school. And then my club soccer coach was like, oh no, you can't do that. Shout out Francis Akar. He played in the league for a little bit, but he, uh, he was like, no, you can't do that. Cause he saw, he saw the potential. He saw like where, what I could be, but I didn't know that. Like he saw, I remember one time he told me we were watching the 2006 world cup with, uh, my club team. Cause we had some, I think we had a tournament, maybe regionals or something. And, uh, he told me like, Charles, this is, this is where you have to be. And I'm like, like, what are you talking about? Like, these are like the best players in the world. I'm like 14 or 15 years old. Like, yeah, right. That's, that's ridiculous. But I see now that like, yeah, anybody, anybody with like some, some, there's so many kids with potential and like, even the ones that don't have a ton right now or aren't that good right now, yeah, they can do that. They can actually get to that level. It's crazy to me. Like how, how, like looking back now, 
how possible all that all that is. You're someone that made it to the league just off raw talent, bro. Like, you know, like imagine if you would have had not just raw talent though, is because it was so much luck too. Like my my parents could afford like club soccer. Yeah. They could afford uh the schools that I was going to that yeah. would let me get in trouble and like keep my grades. Yeah. I went to private school. I was like, I had all that stuff too. So it wasn't just my like my physical ability. It was like all of that stuff goes into it too. And not only that, but there's there's like the the cultural capital, which is like the the ability to hang out in these like um conduct yourself in like in places that you or like understand how to conduct yourself in in certain places and a lot of these kids that are like from uh impoverished areas like they come to college and they don't know how to behave or they don't know how to like conduct themselves and and fit in and and that contributes or takes away from their ability to move up through the system so there's all kinds of stuff going into it that isn't related to like how good you are. Like I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing. I'm like, yo, there's so much shit that I, because I had a totally different journey. I was highly recruited. These these opportunities were given to me because you know I was an attractive youth player. But now that you think about it, like, bro, it's there's so many more obstacles than, than just getting free soccer. And then yeah, the behaving stuff, showing a BC, and I had never seen so many white people in my life. So like, yo, right. how do what I do with my hands? Like, it's it. it, it, <laughs> it, it these are a lot of points that that no one has brought up that you know it's it's good to bring out because you know the answer to us is like to this whole project i have is like why aren't we good at soccer and it's just like we have the talent like these these are the reasons bro these are these are the, like the hard realities that a lot of you know you need a lot of luck you need to be physically you need to you know just have like a straight narrow path and it's so hard for like individuals and there's nothing being done like i feel like soccer is not it's an elitist sport so you know a lot of the talent in this country yeah exactly it is a, an elitist sport like golf or something like yeah you see yeah you don't see people uh coming out of the hood and playing golf yeah and reason for that too it's it's you know, a lot of the talent is in these poverties, in, in these, you know, in the inner cities. Uh, and I, I've seen I, it's possible, bro. Like I and it's crazy that we haven't even circled around it. But like the, the reason why is money. Like the reason why soccer is an elite of sports, because people have have, you know, dove into this idea that, oh, like the Europeans play it like my kids, you know, it's just like a lot of like this should be a sport that should be provided in school. Like basketball, you see basketball and football, baseball, that's, that's, that's like, you know, stuffed into the, into the public school systems, like where they give the kids, kids opportunity, but it's only, even as far as like these basketball players, these football players don't have a place to develop. I feel like. Privatized it, here. Yeah. It's like a privatized sport. Yeah. In a way. And that like, like we're talking about, it keeps a lot of people from entering into the, the path that's going to get them to the top which is calling the top like professional or yeah. or that kind of thing um but yeah. like i was saying before i don't think it's just money i don't think it's like a lot of people talking about yeah people are starting to talk about the american system now like it's not it's not just happening here it's not just happening uh i mean people are starting to talk about it and trying to figure out like what is happening or what's going on with our system that's that's causing us to not be competing with the the highest countries in the world the, the best countries in the world 
And I really don't think it's as simple as just saying that it's uh, the players that don't have money or the players that have money are are the ones that are able to go into the system and play yeah. in the system. I think we're not looking at the whole the culture of the country mm-hmm. and how that relates to the whole that whole system too. Because you can't just say, okay, we're gonna take the we're gonna uh, eliminate the money part out of it, and and then all these players are gonna or all these players that couldn't yeah. afford to enter the system before are gonna be able to enter the system. There's still all this stuff with like, okay, are they gonna go to school? Or are they gonna like be able to go to school? Uh, it's extremely lazy from the federation from U.S. soccer. Like we can't obviously we can't control public schools. We can't control you know the government and shit like that. But I feel like U.S. soccer has no clue, bro. Like no, no, no plan to provide access at the youngest age for free. They, I feel like they're, they're in tight and they're part of the monopoly that's soaking up a lot of this money. So, you know, yeah, we like, let's scrap money out of this, like out of it. And no investment is done. No, no investment is be as much money, as much money as we're making from soccer. We're not investing no money into youth centers or like you know actually you not just youth centers bro but youth centers are under the u.s soccer umbrella under the galaxy umbrella and it's like that's i feel like when it comes to like owners and business people that's their last worry that's not they don't understand the concept that if you put up these these uh youth centers or soccer academies that the talent is going to come from there and we can develop that talent and then we can sell that talent and that's how we do our business. I feel like everything in America, again, needs to be done fast. So it's, it's nothing, there's no, there's no risk. Like, I feel like there, as much as we keep trying to point fingers, always the, 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 it's the Federation at the end of the day. Yeah. They have a youth national team. Yeah. But it's like, there's nothing, there's no U S soccer schools. I think, uh, I think they're starting to do that now. I think they're like trying to shift in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I know that the galaxy was like, is one of the first ones to I mean, they were the first ones to have a, a USL team. Yeah. I mean, the first uh, MLS club to have a USL pro team. And and that's, I know that they have academies all over California. They have like Galaxy Visalia, Galaxy Orange County. Like they're just, yeah. they're spread out all over the place. And so they're trying to like create some kind of yeah. uh, um, infrastructure that they have taken from like the European style. Yeah, uh, I but, but I think it's, again, it's going to be a slow process and it's not, I don't think it's just them now. I think other, other clubs have like uh, caught on and are like doing a similar thing, but it's not a, um, it's not, it's still, it's still kind of taking some of the, the old way of doing things. Like there, there still has to be money involved yeah. in a big way to like get players Money, it's not just an obstacle, but I feel like even if you get more basic, you know what's hard hard for the American players that the traveling, bro. America's so big and like you have to be on the road two hours. It takes so much fucking time. So this is my problem with US soccer not being involved. Like, why don't you got why is it why isn't soccer like a local thing? Like all the good players, there's four or five, let's say, like youth centers in your hometown. And, you know, that's like the feeding system. That's what kind of, you know, or you do it at schools. I feel like there's nothing being done where it's like, we're not making it easier for the player. Like, as, as we, yeah, we can attack money. We can provide more access. But as like providing access is like also cutting, building soccer locally. I feel like it, it, that's a problem not having it locally because that's less time that you're playing. I feel like even 
even in the system we have here in America right now, like we're not playing enough soccer, the college. I don't have a problem with college soccer, but I have a problem with college soccer only being three months. So you're only playing those three months. So I feel like for us, for players like you that, you know, are, you know, need to get more technical or like at a younger age, you got to play and have more games. There's no system providing like the, the infrastructure, like as far as like the playing system so kids can play and like the travel and like it's all, I feel like we're so far behind. And I, I, I hear you when you were saying that, you know, a galaxy, but I feel like it's so slow. I feel like a galaxy is going to attach their name to a club team because they want to use and vice they want to use each other's names you know and these are like maybe i'm i don't think i'm being too harsh right i just feel like they're just like marketing schemes are actually like the intentions to grow the sport are not there so i feel like till till yeah like, like what alexi lala says we're spoiled like we, we have to actually tell it how it is and it's just like yeah but like the the, the big club there's 20 there's about to be they're about to add three more teams to the mls that puts us at 32 or like 30 plus bro that's 30 major cities where these these LA galaxies, LAFCs could have districts, could have take take over that and that, and they could all feed through a system, you know, and like actually hold these kids accountable, have give them something to play for. Because state cup is state cup, yeah, cool. But like, did you actually play everybody? You know, did you? It's like there's only even playing soccer, club soccer. There's there's only a limited amount of clubs. You know, I feel like the competition. Yeah is limited and, and I feel like this is all affecting, you know, the development of soccer. And it's like, I guess, yeah, that's just a library that is yet yeah, not on money, but it's just like, these are also the other things that are failing us as, as players. Yeah. I, again, I think the it's not, you can't just look at the, I know I keep saying this, but you can't just look at the U S soccer system. You have to also look at what other systems are there yeah. in the U S that are affecting that. So like, the right now the current system and what it's always been has been go to college and play like or play club you have to play club to get to go to college to get scouted and recruited by college and then you have to uh, play in college for a certain amount of time and then you get like seen by scouted by uh professional clubs mm -hmm. and then that's how you get to professional and i mean that's the that's like the route that we still have so how much is the college system affecting the whole system yeah the college is a, that's a business too that's another whole, another whole facts. business so like other countries aren't their system isn't competing with that that part of of the system yeah i feel like you know there's like yeah you you you, you highlighted the blueprint but i feel like none of those things are connected college soccer is not really connected with the mls no, no. the mls is that's a very yeah man like not yeah so yeah because it's i mean that part of the system is in competition with that with the other system with the collegiate system and like why they have uh i mean that's a, like i said it's a business like, yeah yeah maybe college soccer isn't making all the money that uh football teams are but they're still a business and they're still trying to get people uh to come to their schools they're still trying to get uh their name like yeah. name recognition for their schools in whatever way they can so it's just having that having the soccer part of of uh of the u.s system as part of their brand is is a value is yeah. valuable so they're not going to like easily let that let that go it's a lot of it's in shambles man and it's that's that's why i i'm yeah. taking it upon myself to like at least try to find answers like what's going on like why because you can add, people will tell you like soccer sucks in america it's not growing we're bad but like even people that don't know soccer will tell you soccer sucks but ask them like why 
and they can't tell you. And then, but you ask somebody also the no soccer and they can't tell you either, you know? And it's the stigma of the, like, again, the culture, culture of it is, is that that's what it's always been. So that's what it is now. But I wouldn't say that it's in shambles. I wouldn't say that it's that uh, the U S system and the U S soccer, whatever is in shambles. I just think it's a, it's very complicated because our country is so complicated. Like I was saying, uh, how systems are affecting systems. Um, and I think it's just going to take some time to, to figure it out. But I do, I actually do believe that it will, it will get figured out. It will, um, in the next 10, 20 years, whatever U S will be. It's coming, bro. Cause you you look at Jamie, uh, Jamie Vardy investing in the Rochester Rhinos, Mm -hmm. big trust investing United, United. like they know us. They they know America's gonna get there, so you know. But are, do we do we care about? Obviously, the business side is always gonna boom and it's gonna get there. But it's also we have to you know worry and actually provide a good level. Uh, like uh, yeah. like if we want to start this tradition, like I it's crazy because I I thought you know when I started watching the MLS in in the fucking nineties, like I was just like yo, by the time I play there, it's gonna be like the EPL. By the time that I thought about it, you know, by the yeah. we're so far behind that, bro. And but Sachi said Not that it best. Sachi said it best. Like our soccer is so young, bro. It's only 25 yeah. years. So yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not an excuse. But look what we've done in the last 25 years. And I feel like we have everything, but just we don't have have it organized. We don't have the right steps. We're this close. We're this close. And I feel like once we figure that out, the market, the, the audience, the sellout, it's it's the you you look at the NWSL, they're a super league, bro. Everybody wants to come here and play. Like that's how the MLS is gonna be eventually. Uh I remember the my first year in LA, there were like somebody from the league came in and was like talking to us about the trajectory of the league. And they said, like by 2022. We're going to be, we're aiming to be one of the top three leagues in the world. And I remember the players like looking around, some of the players looking around like, "Mm, I don't know about that (laughs) because that's, I mean, that's obviously ambitious, but I know that like these clubs that are popping up everywhere, that is so much money that they're not, they're not going to get a return on that for a long time. So they're, they're seeing this as like, like everybody's jumping on board, seeing this as going somewhere for sure. Yeah. I think I think eventually, just because of technology and the time and the experience we've had in the current times we live in, like I feel like soccer, as far as like the business side, is going to be in better hands. Like uh, you know, people are going to realize that it's not just about selling seats. They're going to be like you know, actually, you know, I feel like the general managers and the owners are actually going to start investing in the communities and seeing if they can actually find these homegrown players and not just you know. You know, at a young age, as far as like six, you see pictures of Iniesta, bro, at 10 years old, Barcelona. Like, exactly. Yeah. I've, like, how do you how do we figure out how to get that our players into that that kind of system? Because that's why they're so good. That's why all these players yeah. that are that are playing in these European leagues and, and countries, they're good because that's all they've done since they're five years old. Yeah. That's all that's they've cared about, all they've done since they're that's five right. years old. But that's why it means so much. That's why there's so much like value and it's not is more than just a sport and a championship. It's like, yo, this is something an art almost, you know, that you know, th- these clubs and it's like being a doctor is a profession, bro. Like what Iniesta did from or like what these European clubs are are provide the opportunities they're providing for 
you know, players at a, such a young age, it's like a professional, actual professional career. And over here, I feel like it's like, if it's a hobby, you can make me maybe make some money, but even here in America, there's like no value in being a soccer player. There's like, because what's the most value, the highest value in America to what system is the highest value in America? College, go to college. You yeah. have to get your degree. So if yeah. you get your degree, then you're, you're okay. So yeah, I feel like the, that's the focus. It's, I actually see changing a little bit faster that I feel like a lot of players are skipping that are realizing, you know, this might be a scam. This might be not the, not that it's not a, not that a scam, but like they're going to realize that maybe this, this is not the best way. Maybe this shouldn't be our number one priority. So they're skipping or signing USL. They're signing, you know, to homegrown contracts. And like, I would rather our players take a risk on themselves like that because the, the, the window of being a, a professional athlete so small you can always come back to school you know i feel like the education coaches have to give their players also have you know have have has to be better because you know our coaches told us our coaches were actually trying to recruit us to college so it was just like it's not like they were trying to help us get into the pros it was like marco kuma is going to try to get you to ed kelly because he's going to be at bc yeah but that system is still valuable the the like I said, the college going to college is still so valuable in America. So like you can't yeah. until that's not a thing. You can't just say that. All right, we're gonna take a shot on like going pro and yeah. Like if, if the college system isn't as valuable, like getting a degree isn't as valuable. Okay, then maybe yeah. Okay, facts, facts. That can shift. But like I was saying, systems affecting systems. Like the college system, if that changes to like. Maybe it's like everything's online. Some one of these days, more stuff yeah. is online. Maybe you're like the the uh, like college teams kind of die out. Like college soccer teams kind of die out in some way eventually, and you can still go to school while you're yeah. playing professional. I so think like, I think it also has to go. It has to be there. Has to be a better yeah. Back to the MLS and the NCAA being connected. Like they they have to yes. have yes. a system exactly. Like something like that has to get figured out. Because Boston College is 60 grand a year, right? Yeah. I was making my first year in MLS 40, 40 grand a year. Okay. And that's like, how does that make any sense to, to give up if you're yeah. not going to, especially if you're on scholarship? How does it make any sense to skip uh, a year of college to go yeah. make less money than, than you would, you would, uh, your degrees worth? Yeah. It has, to, yeah. It makes no, it, you know what's crazy about that is not NCAA is not connected with the MLS, but I feel like the MLS combine, the MLS draft is all marketed to the college soccer. Uh, they have that because of college soccer. Like, yeah. uh, did you want to? Did you think you were going to play college soccer? Did you what were the, what was like? What do you remember from like, you know, your your high school recruiting process? All right. So I played uh, I played club soccer, I think, starting when I was like 12. I think that's when I started like Damn, that's my late bro. Yeah. Well, yeah, I played as I think it was around 12. Yeah. So anyways, I started with uh, one coach. It was like somewhat competitive. We were okay. And then that other coach, Francis Okara, he, he uh, took over at U15 when we were 15 and he was all business. Like he was, uh, he had taken the, the older team, the year older than us. Um, Shana Williams was on that team. Baller. Uh, Aaron Mon, uh, so many good players on that team. So he had taken them. They won nationals the year before. Um, he took over our team. So it was like this, this huge shift for our team, and we were all fired up and like 
we're also terrified of this guy. Uh, <laughs> big, like tall Nigerian guy. And he would just like yell at us. Um, but anyway, so that we shifted to, to him at U15. And that's when I got like way more serious with soccer. And that was also my freshman year of high school. So like, I was like, I'm thinking about football, maybe <laughs> running back, like take this speed somewhere else. And, uh, and he found out about that and he was like, no, you can't, you're not going to play for me and, and play football. Yeah. Uh, which is probably a good, good thing. Uh, around 15 playing club. I also played high school, but that was like, that was a joke. Uh, yeah. At least in, in Boston or Massachusetts. I, but high school, that, not a joke. I feel like that, that was my next question. It was high school, a big part of your, I've asked this to everybody was high school, a big part of your, um, your recruiting process. And everyone says, nah, it's a joke. And no. I feel like, like, but that that's that's that um that points out right there where soccer is, bro. That there's no investment into the public schools or like there's no pride in playing for representing your high school. It's yeah. like I mean, it was also private school, so there was like a smaller ZSL independent school league. Um, Charlie Davies played in that league too, I think, and he just it just toyed with everybody. Just, <laughs> ran circles around everybody but yeah it was a joke and I didn't I mean it was fun like to just dominate that but um, it was mostly about club soccer so I played for the Bolts grew up playing for the Bolts and we when it when Francis took over that was when it was like okay the goal the whole idea of this team is to win nationals we're trying to win a national championship um, so that was our only goal that was our only focus a whole bunch of players got weeded out like right away. He brought in some new players and that was all we were about. We're going to win nationals. So state cup became like, obviously we're going to win seven, nothing in the state cup final. Um, regionals. FC Delco three years in a row. And I got to come back to my boy, Greg Cochran about this. Uh, three years in a row. So we won state cup every year. Easy. We get to the finals of regionals three years in a row. We're facing FC Delco from Pennsylvania. 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 Yeah, Pennsylvania. Uh, every single year, we were up. We were winning. We were going to win. Somehow, every year, they either scored a late goal, go to PKs, win a, or get a free kick at the end, or like something. Some kind of magic happened, and they beat us every year in regional finals. So we never got to nationals and it was the same team every, every year. Uh, my roommate, my first year in LA, Greg Cochran, he was on that team. And this is important. I tell this story to a lot of my players, my younger players. Uh, he wasn't a starter on that team. Mm -hmm. So he was on that team club. And then a few years later, he's getting drafted to Galaxy as a non-starter on his club team, which I think is, is so important for so many players to hear because you can you can literally be at that point and then you have no idea where you're going to be in a few years after same that. thing with um stairs daniel stairs that's how yeah, i grew up yeah. playing with daniel stairs bro daniel stairs was not really highly recruited and he's still bro one of the poly long last how, how long has he been he's, he's been, been at la for like being la he's an la legend now <laughs> and he was yeah i was playing with him on galaxy 2 also yeah and he was yeah that's that's crazy good it, for him yeah, it's like, I remember my parents, like, my dad was a hater, bro. But if there's one thing that my dad was right, it's like, bro, not the best players is going to make it. Like, not the best, yeah, not the exactly. shiny, not the superstar. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely not, 
it's important not to get discouraged, you know, not to, yeah. you know, it's always, yeah, you always got to improve. Like, and, and you also have to realize that when you're 16, 17, like those are the years to get better. So like, if you're not, if you're, you know, down that you're not starting or you're not, you know, if you don't keep working, you're not going to actually ever going to. Well, this is what I'm focusing on now. Cause this is like, everybody's going to play. So I say to every, all my players, everybody's going to keep playing soccer. If you're going to keep playing soccer, you're going to keep playing soccer and keep getting better at soccer, at playing soccer. But you're not going to, like, at some point, everybody's going to be as fast as you are. Everybody's going to be almost as fast as you are. Everybody's going to be about the same size. Everybody's going to be able to, like, have a similar ability with the ball. Not the same, but similar. There's There's something that happens with certain players. What is it that happens with certain players that allows them to go to the next level or figure out the next step or figure out the next thing that other players can't figure out. Yeah. And it's, it's all up here. Yeah. It's mostly up here, whether it's the cultural capital that I was talking about before, yeah. or it's, it's just the way that you think and a lot of, or, or your parents, the way that your parents were uh, putting pressure on you or not, not putting pressure on you when you were, when you were younger. Yeah. And so what I focus on a lot with these kids is how can you build a system in yourself that keeps you steady, keeps you at a steady level, no matter what's going on, and, and lets you figure out how to navigate all of these different steps and just stay stay calm and stay uh, sound within yourself. So yeah. that you're not, when, when you have a bad practice, that doesn't, you can go within yourself and decide, okay, this isn't going to dictate how my next practice is going to be, or my, my first half of this game isn't, doesn't indicate how the next half of my game will be. You know, you know who was doing that at such an early age, bro? Um, you know, you played with Travis Bowen. Yeah. His brother, uh, Tristan Bowen. Bro, mm-hmm. that's I, I, I played with him at the a tournament for the L.A. Galaxy Academy. And this kid would read books. Mm-hmm. And I would ask him, like, yo, why are you reading that? He's like, bro, I got to get smart up here. Like, he's like, yeah. he's like, he I sat next to him. I asked him that question. And then on the on um on the way to a game, he was reading the book and he's like, look, bro, I'm going to read 10 pages and I'm going to score two goals today. Bro, that, that was, he, like, I, I was, I got, you know, I put the beats on and I was trying to bump, like the way he prepared is why he was successful. Like why he yeah. was, yeah, that guy signed a pro contract like two years after and yeah. played in the league. Yeah. So that's a very, that's a very important, interesting mm. part of the game that it's not really talked about. That's what I'm saying is like a huge part of what has to get figured out in, in a, uh, whatever our system is, whatever you want to call our system. Cause there's like, I coming, when I was coming up, I would just, like I said, I just play, I show up and play. I'm still fast enough that I can get away with it. Most of the time successful, sometimes not successful, but there was no, like, yeah, I was still, I was like, I took it seriously. I took it. Like it was a big part of my life, but I wasn't like, you were in challenge, bro. Out. You were in challenge. I wasn't, that- challenge. I wasn't challenged and I wasn't trying to like figure it out. I know that I, I did have the feeling of like, I want to know what, what I have to do. I, I want to play professional. I want to, uh, at, at a certain point, I decided that. And I wanted to play professional and I wanted to, I just want to know what do I have to do? Like, like, I just wanted somebody to tell me, what do I, what can I do other than just play and like practice and, and all that? Like, what do I have to do? How does one get to the professional level? And and I didn't know how to do it. Even at the professional level, like, I didn't, I could have used so much guidance on just, like, uh, off of the field or just, like, navigation from, and you get, a, like, some agents a little bit will give you a little bit, but they're just, 
they don't really care. That's a business like, too. Yeah, they're just like, uh, just kind of like repeating the same thing to everybody. You need some, so many people could use somebody that just can guide them through the, the, uh, the journey, just guide them through different parts of the journey, how to handle it up here, how to yeah. go into it, prepare for games. So many players, even Charlie Davies, he had a bad year his first year at Hammerby out yeah. of college. He was this, he had a, he was a huge signing and he's talked about how he, he was eating like cheeseburgers and like, he just didn't know how to take it seriously. And who knows, that could have been the deciding year of his career that was like, that sent yeah. him down a different path. And if he had somebody that, that uh, got, got him back on track or showed him like how to carry yourself as a professional earlier on, then maybe it would have been a different story. Luckily he figured it out the next year and was just beasted the league, but maybe, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe he doesn't have, doesn't figure it out. So there's so many things that go into it that people just don't don't even think about. People aren't even I, like, bro. I haven't even thought about. No one's brought this point up. Like like it's almost yeah. mostly like the you know we have to get technical. You have to train. You have but like no, no one's given us specific no. answers on like the other side, the mental side. Like and we hear a lot of mental stuff and like you know that we're not getting enough. But like it's not. It's definitely the emotional side of it, but also like thinking outside the box as a soccer player, throwing different concepts, different scenarios to these players that, you know, they're going to be able to handle that stress. And I feel like there's players are smart, bro. Especially if you have all the tools and we have all the athleticism. That's very true. I feel like that's maybe that's probably one of the answers why American players are hitting a roof, you know, like we're, we're strong, we're technical. Even if you read the game, right? Like we're still not creative or, you know, reaching beyond the next level because we're not thinking there so if you look at so for me i hit the i hit the uh point where i needed help with that the, the most help with that uh when i went to prof professional level yeah i think maybe you had issues when uh with various things in college because and that that how does that affect you here you, i mean that's going to affect your game so much and if you have some kind of system or some kind of structure that's going to help you get through that mentally and be confident in yourself and your your abilities to have you erase all of the, or anything anything negative that happens on the field or off the field and just perform how you know how to perform that kind of thing having that kind of structure in yourself i think just gives can give players a huge advantage of resiliency for yeah. whatever happens because when i got to the professional level it was every single day was like every day was a uh was so stressful because I got to prove myself in practice every day. And if it doesn't go well, the world is over. Like yeah. our world is over. If I don't have a great practice today, well, that's it. Yeah. Like I'm, my career's over. I didn't make it. I'm not going to get, I'm going to get cut. And then when things go well too, you got to, you, you need some kind of system for when things go well. I, I scored my first goal in my first start 13 minutes in. I don't know how to handle this. I can't believe what's happening right now. It's my. I was so lit that day. I remember that day. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, how do I handle that? How do I keep my? Uh, how do I keep my humility? How yeah. do I like stay steady and keep um, keep working and keep uh, growing other or outside of just uh, being excited and feeling like I'm the man? So like, there there needs to be way more training here. Yeah. I, that I think more more so than than getting technical and like yeah. I hate like 
just doing cone drills and and all that like you're not you're not yes i i do some training on the field and i try to make like figure out what what will be useful on the field so i'll try to like recreate situations and just like drills based on that but just random cone drills like let's leave that in the 80s or whatever (laughs) that's it's so dumb people had this how to how to practice up here I had this lady this summer uh, be upset because I was running a camp and she was upset that I wasn't teaching any skills. Like her, her daughter was 13 um, and I was just like, well, what kind of skills do you want me to teach her? Like maybe I can show her some moves, maybe make, make her happy. You know, she's like, yeah. you're not putting the hurdles up. You're not. Yes. I'm like, I've had the same thing with, with, with parents. Like I don't see enough cones on the field. Like we want to see more cones <laughs> on the field. I'm trying to teach your kids like how to, <laughs> how to uh, go through this whole journey is a yeah. huge journey ahead of them. They're 12 years old. You want more cones? Like there's way more to this than, than just setting up cone drills. Education is so bad, bro, but it's the bullshit that has been fed to American, like the culture that's fed to America, like, you know, that they have to do, do this and they have, this is part of soccer when it's like, you don't have to have the most glamorous or colorful curriculum. It's like, you have to put these kids in like game-like scenarios and then, paint the picture to them like look you could do this and if it doesn't work this is your other option and you know those were you know you got to be able to think fast and develop that thinking to like to be two three steps ahead in the game so i i think that um yeah what you're saying is right but i think there's no there's no as far as like they're not there's no direct blueprint but they're also the there's the system and the coaches are not giving us the right tools as a professional, like a professional mentality, a professional work ethic, a professional way to k- take care of your body. It's always just like, you know, I feel like th- th- we definitely have to shift our 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 thinking and our development to areas like, like what you're saying up here. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that is that developing that that like solid way of thinking and that that way of conducting yourself is applies to the rest of your life too. It's not just yeah. soccer. You can take that, whatever that system in your mind is that keeps you resilient, you can take that into your life and it'll take you, it'll it'll be just as valuable afterwards. Yeah. And I think that's a huge important part too, because obviously a small percentage of people are going to be uh, going to the high higher level uh, in this this youth development system. You know what's the best part that about you saying all of this, bro, is that you lived through it. Like you, you're yeah. someone that grew up in the system that did it right, and just like, yo, this is what I lacked, and this is what didn't work for me. I, I feel like these are the these are the you you and like your experiences are the credible experience that we need to have on the youth national level or like in the in the high offices at the academy at the LA Galaxy and it's not like that bro we're still seeing a lot of Europeans a lot of people that have been in the game so fucking long that have these badges that don't really have that experience like I didn't know that because I didn't get to a level like like you know the pro level where it was just like I haven't even thought about that I just thought I wasn't good enough I thought I just stop stop you know but it's like yeah I didn't I didn't have the the, the strong mentality was like how to deal with BC, how to deal with being on the bench, how to deal right. with like, yeah, like, yeah, bro, that's, that's a very, very important. Yeah. And it's, it's more than just mental toughness. Like people say mental toughness yeah. it's, it's way more than that. It's just, it's combining the sports psychology with the sport itself. It's just combining those. And I'm telling you, somebody's going to figure out some, hopefully America is, is one of these uh, leaders in this, but, 
look at uh simone biles yeah uh, like there's just it's it's happening it's gonna happen it's yeah. gonna become a huge part of all sports because yeah. it's i'm telling you everybody's gonna be a tennis girl what's her name naomi she was she was also talking about that too it's gonna be a huge part of of what separates i think this next generation of athletes not just not just soccer but just athletes is yeah. how you how how you're able to manage up here and obviously a lot of these like i'm sure a lot of these professional uh, individual sport uh, athletes have their sports psychologist or their whatever somebody coaching them in that sense but it, i think it has to be injected into these youth systems and the ways of of learning uh to really um help the system nah, this develop. is definitely the information that has to be shared that has to you know be, be implemented into the youth system that's actually gonna get us out of this slump like i i think i think the most frustrating part about this this journey of like why aren't we good at soccer it's like well we're good enough like i i i don't know what to tell people people don't know what to say it's just like yeah this is like we're not actually developing the full athletic or, or we're not we're not developing the whole athlete completely yeah. it's almost it's, it's the, the whole yeah the whole person though like yeah the i think we need to look at instead of looking at the athlete the the whole athlete we need to start looking at the whole individual um when you're coaching them or when you're uh, yeah. yeah when you're helping develop a, a youth program or something like that because again like like i was saying with the system the u.s system it's not just the U.S. soccer system. It's the, the all the systems that it exists with. And when yeah. you look at an individual, it's not just the athlete. It's the whole person and their whole history and their whole all their experiences that are coming in to make them an athlete. So if you can you can look at and treat all of those things together, then it's going to be way more beneficial than just yeah. coaching soccer, coaching drills, and coaching like make them faster and and make their touch better. I think it's. I think it's a huge, huge separator in uh, in advantage to developing a player, especially when they're younger. I feel like this. I feel like if you know the youth clubs throw away the word development around like very loosely, almost like a selling point. This this is what youth clubs should be implementing. That this is the next generation that I want to see. It's like okay, like yeah, this curriculum is cool and colorful, and I'm sure you you know you you European philosophy. I don't know, but what are you doing for my for my for my son or like for my, you know, for, for the next generation of players, are you guys developing that resilient, like, you know, how to think outside the box, how to deal with your emotions, how to deal with pressure and competition right. like that. No, no club has ever said that. They, I think one, I remember growing up going to like ESP and they brought in like a mental, yeah, it's always been mental, like toughness, yeah. blah, 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 this, that, but like, yeah, they have, it's always like in colleges or like, uh, I think Galaxy has somebody that like somebody comes in and like gives you a little something or like maybe a little thing here or there, but there's no like this is how you learn how to play. There's no like uh, rewriting the textbook on on how to get better. Development, bro. That's it's crazy that it this is all development and like this is the word that's been thrown around the most, but no one has broke it down to me. Oh, anybody like this. Yeah, it's I think it's like 90% of the whole the whole development is that yeah man and i think i'm a good example of of that because i was i'm so just physical I, I was coming up i was so just physical talent and i just relied on that so much so it was such a shock when it, it was like okay now i'm professional and i have to <laughs> i need more than just my physical because yeah I, i've always been fast that was my thing 
and now like the slowest guy on the team is like not that much slower than me so yeah that I, the, I don't have just that anymore and then I don't have the technical ability that I was like which was never great but like I was never working on that super hard because I could just push the ball past someone and and run past and I had not to mention I had Kyle Becker who is like like my Boston College career wouldn't have been the same if if he wasn't in the midfield yeah so like when I got to when I got to LA I was I wasn't the man anymore obviously which is like a lot of the a lot of people's experience coming out of college and going to professional but uh I also didn't know how to how to handle that yeah like nobody tells you how to handle that and somebody's got it somebody has to be there has to be people who have the experience of yeah. that that same experience they can tell you okay so this is going to be the shock of going to this next level which is a huge yeah. jump and the culture is going to be different everybody's playing for their it's their they're feeding their families with with this game now it's not just like play college game and then go party with your friends it's yeah. it's like serious people are this is their jobs everybody involved is their it's their job it's their life so it's way more serious and here's how you can adjust to fit into that culture so there's at every level i think there's there's just there's the youth level that it needs to be the uh, mental part of it needs to be relooked at or re reworked and then when you even up to college and then professional there's always all these levels that this main thing of just like how to how to think about things and how to navigate these these mental parts of of uh of the game are just not even like it's it's non-existent non no bro man blew my mind but like bro you man yeah bro this is i'm telling you this these are the answers this these are the 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 conversations I'm searching for, because there was no way I was gonna. I've never even thought like really diving into it, but like, like I've thought about it, but maybe like the way you just put it, it's like it all makes sense. Like mm -hmm. the lack again, it goes to us being lazy, bro. Like we're not like these youth clubs, U.S. soccer. Like it's there's no really uh, there's no agenda. I feel like there's no priority. It's just like money, you know. It is, and it's there's obviously there's like egos that that like. I played at a certain level, so I'm going to come in and be this coach and I don't need yeah. to like think about things. I'm just, I have the resume, so I don't need to like change things at all. I just, I played at this level. I have the resume. Listen to me. There's yeah. no, that's the egos coming into, there's, there's just a lot of those coming into, into power in the college system, in the whatever, into the, the academies, the, yeah. Whatever. I think that's, I think I think that's that's where our generation is going to change it. I feel like the the people who are in those big powerful positions, they're they're brother getting old. They've been comfortable for the last twenty years, so I feel like that's what stunt our growth. But we're gonna eventually, you're gonna get up there. You're gonna get your license. You're gonna get your like you know put on a D one college staff. You're gonna start weeding these people out. I don't want that, bro. I don't want to. I don't want to go into that. Uh, I have my whatever my club coaching license, whatever. But I don't need to go up through that that system i'd much rather focus on helping the whichever group there's going to be some group that figures out that we need to rethink this whole development system we need yeah. to we need to rethink this whole and add in the way that you think about playing the way that you like um your whole energy around it has to shift and some some group is going to figure that out and i'd rather i'd much rather be part of that and and yeah. try to help that than just jump into some uh club or yeah. some some college team, Kevin Allen, his team in uh, Florida International, 
yeah that was like they were so successful with him yeah because of his because of his personality because of they trust him they like that's that's not because uh of his soccer knowledge that's not because he's like so good at at navigating it's because he 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 got something out of the out of the players that made them i'd be willing to bet this he got something out of the players that was better than just like drilling them and getting them to like yeah. better at soccer he got their attitudes uh in a healthier place yeah that's i, I think they're just there needs to be someone that um or, or a group that that comes together and puts that into their whatever they're doing whatever their development even if it's on a professional level like add, add it to some club some professional club and i think somebody's going to find success with that and then it's going to change the whole game yeah that's where it's definitely that's, that's where it's heading bro like at least we we're, i'm glad we're having these conversations and because 25 years ago like brother conversations like we don't even have a fucking league like you know so that that shows the evolution of this sport and it's like so young bro like 50 years from now once we sort it out i feel like not just for soccer like you said this is a thing that has to you know get sorted out for or reform for like every sport across the board yeah um so but yeah man you mentioned kyle becker my glory days so we want man i want to talk about bc bro because i feel like you you had the talent bro you're a striker you can score strong as fuck like fast like the ideal college athlete you know so um how'd you end up at bc how you know under under ed kelly so i was getting scouted from from various schools so i i was started getting letters and stuff like you probably remember just like whenever they're allowed to whenever they're allowed to start sending email so it came down to like four schools i think it was providence uh bu and villanova yeah maybe one more, maybe three schools. So came down to three schools and I was like pretty set on going to one of those three. And then the third, the last uh, Delco, FC Delco regionals, Ed Kelly was there, I guess. And he, I don't know, somebody told him to watch me or something, somebody told him about me. And uh, I think I scored a goal in that game. Um, but anyways, after that, that tournament, he called me and offered me a scholarship and that was it so it was like last minute i was like it was late in the process too i was like i was kind of ready to like commit to one of these other schools yeah and he just came along last minute and it was like the best soccer school that i that i had the option to go to and the best academic school so it was just kind of a no-brainer and you got to stay at home bro yeah and i was just it was just an easy like 15 minute drive from home man uh the reason why i want to talk about your college process and at Kelly's because I feel like the college system, it works, bro. And so certain situations for certain players, it works for you. I feel like you had a perfect career there. You, you know, you played, it was the group, the style of play that Ed Kelly wanted, like was worked around you. And, you know, I feel like he also took care of you. So you hear a lot of uh, stories about college coaches and like, you know, their, their bad ways and kind of just like not developing. But I feel like in certain instances, and I want to, you know, shine the light that, yeah, it can work. Those, you know, because at Kelly, I do remember, you know, getting you pl uh, places to play in the summer and, you know, trials overseas. And I think all of that is important if you're going to go to the college, uh, if you, you know, if you're going to play off in college, I feel like that makes a tremendous difference. 
for your chances to play at the next level. Yeah, and like you said, I I happen to just like I happen to fit into college soccer pretty well because it's pretty physical, not super technical, um, and I just had success right away. So yeah, Ed Kelly's gonna uh, favor players that are helping his team win. So uh, yeah, he did a lot to help me. I mean, he helped help me and a couple other players go to Sweden one summer. Um, he helped me with. Uh, with my recruiting, actually, the, the L.A. scouting was, I mean, at least he claims that he <laughs> talked to Dave Sarkin, uh and had him had him keep an eye on me at the combine. But, um, yeah, he, def- he definitely did a lot for me. And I, mm-hmm. I couldn't be more grateful for my experience with uh, Boston College. It, I mean, who knows? There, there's so many that could have gone so many other directions for me. If I went to a different school, maybe a different coach doesn't like me as much. Maybe yeah. I don't have a Kyle Becker uh, that just has that like sense of like, can play me the ball. He knows I'm going to be running there and I know he's going to play me the ball. And that's how we linked up all the time. So like um, maybe that's not the case and it doesn't go that route, but I couldn't have had a a better college experience. I didn't have like, like amazing seasons. I'd say like, I didn't have like, I was never all American or anything like that, but um I was consistent for four years or four yeah. seasons and uh, I would just feel very lucky to have gone there and just a group of, of guys that was like that was that was a huge part of it too because like yeah. if you're not with with a good group then your your confidence on the field is going to be different your whole energy is going to be different and uh so all of that going into it I think made me have a successful college career yeah man we had um I wanted to ask you how f- Cause the game is fast. The ACC is fast, bro. You know, how much, at least from the USL, how much, how do you compare like both styles of play? The ACC and the USL? Yeah. As far as like the college system, as far is it like similar as far as like level? No, I, I don't think so. I think, I think the jump from, like I said, the jump from college to pro is a, a big one. There's a big gap there. Um, and that's just because you're getting like you're playing in college, you're playing with players that there's there's a large chunk of the team that's like not all about soccer. There's a large chunk of the team that they can play, but uh-huh. they're mostly there for school. Um, so that just sh- takes the whole the whole game down a little bit. Um, okay. But you still have the players that can play at the higher level. So it's just kind of a combination of that. But USL is uh, yeah. So if you take those good players that that are all about kind of all about soccer and can play at the higher level. It just brings it up a little bit sharper at USL pro. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's like more athletic or anything like that. It's just a little bit sharper, a little bit more technical, um, a little more structured to like the, the uh, team systems and like the way that they play. But USL, I loved playing USL pro. That was probably, I mean, I had my best season when I was on loan to galaxy two. Yeah, and I was just like more comfortable playing, playing at that level, um, because I hadn't figured out how to play at the yeah MLS level yet, and I didn't have. The I reason have- I asked, I asked that is because I feel like, yeah, I believe the USO is should be the next stepping stone, or you know the same equivalent, uh, stepping as far as, as step as into the pros as the college level. Like you know, there's a lot. Not everyone's going to get a scholarship. Not everyone's going to get like to walk on this team. So. I, yeah, I feel like the USL is, it's people 
talk shit about the USL and it's like, oh, it's like, you know, not a good level. It's like the MLS is already not a good level, but I feel like it's if like for for the development, uh, for a player to develop after like, you know, who's not ready to maybe be in the MLS, I feel like it's the right stepping stone. And, yeah, oh, and there, there has to be that stepping stone. And 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 what what's sad about it is that that stepping stone is not connected either, you know? The USL premiership and the USL are connected, but like there's no, nothing like really the USL, it's, I feel like it should be college USL or, you know, MLS. Um, so you have good uh, four good years at uh, BC, yeah, man. Uh, we were ranked, we made this tournament every year, bro. And I feel like our freshman year, good Cinderella round, we made it to round of 16. And it, it was, we. I feel like we had a good, not just a good experience, but like our team was good, bro. Like I, I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, I was able to play those four years with you with Kyle Becker, Murphy, Connor Fitzpatrick, Carl Reddick, like, these these are guys who actually love to play, you know, who, all, who try and play uh, after college. And you know, you were you and Becker were the lucky ones, bro. Not only were you guys, you know, uh, make it into the MLS, but you guys were drafted first round. That's huge, bro. I you know for you as a player for Kyle Becker, like getting drafted, I think he went third. And I remember from what I remember, bro, sitting. This is this is why I think uh, the MLS combine and the MLS draft is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of it doesn't make sense. A lot of it's for show, bro. Because I was sitting next to you uh, the day of the draft, <laughs> yeah. and you didn't know if whether you're gonna get drafted or not. You told me you were the one. I, who told I, me. I, I, I we were watching it, and then it was delayed, and then I I retweeted, like I I refreshed my Twitter, and it was like Charlie Ruck to the LA Galaxy, and I was like, bro, that's you, nineteenth, bro, and. That was, yeah, that was like one of the happiest days of my life. And I agree with you that the, the combine and the draft is not, I mean, it's kind of just, you should know like your players and it shouldn't be based on three games. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was, that draft was, the draft day was one of the best days of my life. But you had no clue that you were going to get drafted. You had like an idea. You had, you had, I remember you had talked to coaches. So here, yeah, here's how it happened. I, if you remember, I, and this goes back to what I was saying about what happened the first half does not dictate what's going to happen the second half. And that's why I tell all my players um, so often is I didn't get, I was injured for a large part of my senior year. So I didn't end up getting uh, invited to the combine initially. Yeah. So I was like, I was crushed when I, when that came out, um, I wasn't invited to the combine. And then I, there's like a second round where they, they invite a few more players. So I made it in through that and I had this chip on my shoulder about it. I was like, I was, uh, cause I had been thinking about pro like going since freshman year. And then all of a sudden I'm not invited to the combine. This is like, this can't be happening. So I did end up getting invited in the second, uh, invite round or whatever. And, uh, so I went and I scored a couple goals or something. I like, I think I scored two goals or something like that. I was battling an injury still too, uh, but I was able to play. And the way that they do it while you're there, um, any of the the clubs will invite you to their like hotel and like have a meeting with you. Um, some of the teams do it with like everybody. Like I think Real Salt Lake invites everybody and just talks with everybody just to just because they can. And um, and then some some teams won't because they 
that maybe it's your local team and they already know you or something like that. But the only two teams that invited me, there's some players that like all the teams want to talk to him, like the Andrew Farrell. He was like the number one. Sure. Uh, I know Bex was getting invited to a lot of teams. Bex had an amazing combine scoring yeah, he, free kicks. Like yeah. that guy did it. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely, he was uh, definitely on the radar for sure for like a lot of teams, but I only got, I only got invited by Real Salt Lake, who was inviting, who was talking to everybody and Galaxy. And I was like, that's, that's weird. So, but anyways, I went up, I had a meeting with them and I, it went really well. And Bruce, <laughs> Bruce said to me in this meeting, he was like, all right, well, I, <laughs> I guess we'll just hope that uh, nobody picks you until our, our pick. And I was like, does that mean that he's going to pick me in the first round? But like, that yeah. was it. So I didn't, I mean, aside from that, I probably wouldn't have gotten picked from, I don't know, maybe I would have gotten picked by the revolution in the second round. But so I like had that idea, like they might pick me, but who knows, like anything can happen. I didn't get invited to the combine. Yeah. I barely played my senior year. Uh, why would the team that just won the MLS cup who has, the Landon Donovan, David Beckham, Robbie Keane, like, why would this team have any interest in, in me? Uh, and so anyways, yeah, they, they ended up picking me and that was it. Bro. That's dope. Like I was, yeah. man, you're like, I'm a huge galaxy fan, bro. So for me, for you to get drafted yeah. there and bro, I felt like I was part of the team. I had season tickets, like, amazing bro so get drafted but you get drafted to the best i would say the best team in history in the mls yeah and uh um as much as you know that's an exciting thing is that it was definitely a a big mountain to climb bro um how were you feeling how did you you know what was your thought process as far as like you know after being drafted so going back to kind of what i was saying before about how our American way is like this flashy, like, you know, just showy kind of whatever. Um, getting getting drafted at that point, that was kind of it for me. Like I was, uh, a big part of me was just like, okay, I made it, I'm done. And yeah. I didn't, I, you know, a lot of players would go into that, like, all right, the work just started now. I was like, okay, that's all I needed. Like I'm set, soccer, <laughs> soccer career is like, that's, I've, I've done it. So a big part of me in into my soccer professional career was like, this is all just bonus. This is all like, uh, I still really wanted it, especially when I got there. I still really like yeah. wanted to keep it and hold on to it. But there wasn't that part of me that's like, all right, now I need to dominate this level. And I like I got to that level and I'm not you can't get away with just being like a little bit physically yeah. gifted at that point. So anyways, I got, uh, when I got there, they had their, they have their culture. Um, I always thought of them as kind of like a, a Patriots thing. Cause Bill Belichick has his culture. And yeah. You can either come in and assimilate and like be part of it, or you can, or you won't make it. And I kind of, I feel like they had that, like they had won the, the, uh, the cup the year before David Beckham had his big retirement uh, thing. So they were just like, they had who they don't care about me like they, they yeah. don't care about it the college kid that got drafted um Giassi also was he was their their real first pick I should say because he was a homegrown homegrown uh, 
so he wasn't in the draft but he was he was their their like golden boy yeah. that that year um and so yeah i i got there and like there was just they had their culture and you could either figure it out and be part of it or or uh you weren't gonna last there See, and that, that, i was on the verge most of the time there i feel like that's what's tough man like for for american players like we you get drafted you think i've made it and yeah. you you know not only go to the biggest market in the soccer world in the u.s but you go Bruce Arena, Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, and their last, I feel like, you know, where's the development? What are they going to do with the fresh? You know, you just got drafted. They just made this big thing. Like, how are they going to keep you? Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to get you ready to, like, there's nothing that I feel like LA Galaxy or these clubs do to develop or to welcome domestic talent where i think that if our if we want our league to elevate if we want our players to actually you know develop is to invest in to players that get drafted like you to the players that you know have gone climb up the ladder through the system and i remember like i remember when they when you you left la galaxy and that my biggest problem was that sm they signed edson buttle over you and I'm like, how does that make sense? Like, I, I was pissed because Essen Buttle, legend, a Galaxy legend, baller, but they didn't give you a chance. And I'm like, these are these are the these are the players that LA Galaxy should or the MLS should, you know, actually invest in. And then, like, I feel like it's nowhere near giving, that. That's just giving respect to like seniors, like in college, like yeah, they respect to the senior class it's it you know it, i feel like it, it's sad bro because it's like it, it, it's like a system set up for failure like it, it's you even if you do the things right even if you get drafted you still yeah i i wouldn't say that they don't do anything for domestic talent especially galaxy because they've always been on the okay at the uh like at the forefront of like doing things right and trying to figure out how to do things right and being fair with like like they give all their first player, uh, first year players, they pay like a certain, a good amount of money towards rent and stuff like that. Not all the teams in the league do that. Not all the teams yeah. in the league do like catered lunches and like um, all kinds of different stuff that is just, yeah. they're fancy. They're like, they were, they were the top of the, the top of the food chain. Um, so they, they give you all that. And then there's not the, in any club, there's not the part that I've been talking about a lot of, of just like, hey, this is the, like somebody talking to you and telling you like, hey, this is different now. Like, how are you doing with this? Uh, I noticed that you're, you, uh, I don't know, your confidence is different than, than it usually is when you're when you're playing or when you're more confident. You're playing like just ways to ways to deal with that and ways to navigate, especially at the beginning, especially like entering into that that place. So yeah, they don't they don't care about that as much because they don't need me. They don't need that. They have, they can get whatever player they want. And it doesn't say that much for their, the, the college system and the draft and all that isn't part of the, they're not trying to, there's not much motivation to like feed that system or yeah. to like promote that system in the same way that there is for the homegrown system. Yeah. So that's why I think there's a lot more energy put into uh, developing or like, pushing up the homegrown players and making sure that they're because if you get a homegrown player that you can sell to yeah i don't know or just like 
become a, a big marketable player or like like a Giassi, that's huge, huge for the whole American system and just like promoting the whole American. Yeah, he's had system. he's had the dream career, bro. Oh yeah, he's, dream career. Yeah, and so also that's a good point because he's all this stuff I'm talking about about the mental stuff. That guy, he was <laughs> he was there early every day and he was eating his breakfast and he was watching soccer videos. He was yeah. just watching soccer videos just to get, which is so valuable. I figured that out way, way later. Just watching people score goals. It does something. It does something to your mind. He is the, like, the perfect example of somebody who has, like, the sound, sound mind and just a steady player yeah. that can just keep it going. Like, there's no, I never saw any kind of, like, emotional, like, dips or, or even, like, highs, really, in his, when he's playing. He's just steady. And he's good because of that. So he doesn't have the rock, the roller coaster that that a lot of pe- people do, and that I did. And he just has this like baseline that's like he's good no matter what happens. He he struggled his first year too. He struggled. He was playing a lot and he wasn't scoring or like there was a lot of chances he had that weren't he wasn't finishing. So there was like some chat about that, but he steady figured it out. Got huge. Like got in the weight room the in the off season. He's just that he's that mental, mental sound player that people need to be. We need to be taking, figuring things out based on like, what, what is it about him that makes him such a steady mentally sound player that got him to where he is now starting for the national team. Bro, he's still doing it. And he's still, like you said, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, he's never really had up and down, maybe like a few injuries, but like he's won a few rings with different teams, bro. He's still, he won it last year. Like he's still scoring like that. Yeah, man. That's definitely, definitely shows the importance of what you're saying is that if that's the longevity, longevity of a player right there, like, you know, having that, that mental toughness, mental soundness, and just, just a healthy mind, bro. That healthy mind is a huge, huge thing. My claim to fame is that he subbed on for me after my, my first start. Use my stuff. <laughs> that group, man, that locker room. I want to know, bro, because Robbie, like, if there's, I, I, I have my feelings about the DP players and you know the MLS. I know that we had to bring the David Beckham's in order for our league to grow, and I always kind of you know talk shit about like the Iguain brothers who you know they're getting cashed out and they're, they're they don't care. They they're just here to take a piss on the league. But me being a huge Galaxy fan, but Robbie King, he did it right. He came here to play. One of, he, signing, one of the best MLS signings ever. Yes, bro. He he came here to play. He took it serious. He was our captain and got us what two rings? Yeah, three, two or three. Yeah, man. So I I think I think that you know um as much as I don't like the DP rule, like in no instances like that where you know you you bring somebody like that can work. Um, yeah. and it's I think that. You know, um, we have to stop bringing like the retired players here to sell seats. I feel like it's it's unfair to the fans, and that's all. It's also unfair to the to some of the players. You know, like uh, Sachi was telling me that you know when Henri they signed Henri, he wouldn't train. You know, he had to be yeah. you know obviously protected and stuff like that. But it's just like that fucks up the whole morale of a team. Yeah. That like, you know, um, I think that's that's again to like culture in america selling seats comes first you know i think uh you just said culture i was about to say i think the only 
the biggest value to bringing in these older European players is uh, on like a tail end of their career is if they can bring in the culture that they, mm-hmm. like I was saying, if they're, they're playing and they're playing at that level since they're five years old, that's all they care about. They know the game. They're just like, that's their whole life. If they can bring that culture that their country that raised them like that, they can bring some of that to the team over here. Then I think it's great. It's a great signing. It's a great choice. But if they're just doing like filling seats or being like a the name to, because they need some kind of name to have on their on on every club. Like they need some kind of like head name for some reason. That makes no sense in terms of like helping the the whole league and the the whole system. It's definitely changing, though, uh, especially in the uh, I, 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 I see it change out throughout the league with Atlanta United. You know, they're taking you know, they're signing their DPs from like South America, younger guys from River Plate, which is awesome. Um, but what I, I like where I seen the last maybe a year or two years is that um, the Galaxy's doing it. I feel like the Galaxy, the market is so big, so they have this pressure on signing the, the biggest things. And I feel like. The last few signings, DP signings that they've had, I think Chicharito's great. I think uh, the new Serbian guy that they, I think he might be, I don't know if he's Serbian or from Bosnia, but you don't know. It's, it's good to see the league that, you know, stepping away from that. It's, it's, it, it, I feel like before it was just like, let's sign the biggest name that we can sell jerseys. But I feel right. like you, right. you bringing in that Robbie Keane, that leadership, that, 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 like Carlos Vela's doing it too. You know, it's just like, he's not super washed up, but like, not, not that he's washed up. He's not, he's still in his prime, but he's also, you can tell he's a guy that like has brought, like is about the team that's going to train every single day. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think the, the stigma about them MLS being like a non-competitive league is valid anymore. I don't think like, even since I was playing in that league, I think it's come a long way. And I think it, it really is like a, a decent competitive a highly competitive league that's not just like a bunch of like strong guys running yeah. around and beasting each other anymore it's yeah. like it's actually a good league and because they're bringing these types of players that you're talking about like it's yeah. not they're not just bringing names anymore um that are gonna sell jerseys and all that it's like actually changing and shifting the the level of the league yeah how was it playing with landon donovan because when it comes to American soccer, bro, there's no one bigger. Like that's exactly, yeah. that's Jesus, bro. I don't. It was surreal for me. Like just like we were in we were in the dorm a year uh-huh. before. We were watching that their uh, championship um, yeah. run, and like then like a couple months later, I'm like with that team. It was so surreal to me. So, anyways, it, it was like it felt weird. Just like boom, I'm in the middle of this. Like these guys are are soccer legends let alone like the galaxy being a soccer like this mythical team over in california that bro it was crazy and then sometimes david beckham would, would drop by and like yeah out of practice with us and i was like this is this is unreal like it, it doesn't feel real yeah uh, so yeah i was just like kind of starstruck so like how are you gonna how are you gonna like relax and be yourself on the field if you're if you're just like starstruck with these players yeah uh and like yeah you you get on the field and you're you're kind of forget about stuff but still I was like I never got to the point where I was completely just able to be comfortable and feel free to play um 
I did with Galaxy too. Like that was I kind of felt and that's why I had a good season with them. But yeah. Um, but so yeah, everybody was nice though. Like the the that culture that I was talking about, it wasn't like a it wasn't anything wrong with that culture that you had to like come in and fit into. But yeah, Landon was very nice. Everybody was very nice. Robbie, very nice. Um everybody is uh kind and like I don't know there there wasn't anything to complain about there it was just uh they had their thing like they were they didn't need anybody anybody knew really so like and they they'd already done a lot of their like their glory days with yeah stuff like that so there was still some sessions like like bro so so well done like the the I've never been in an organization any kind of organization that was so well well set up and well put together training should always be an hour and 10 minutes bruce always remember, had an hour and 10 minutes which I is remember you used to tell me like bro like the training sessions are a breeze like dialed it's not a breeze though it's like i just thought about like short you know yeah but but it wasn't like yeah it was hard but an hour he said an hour and 10 minutes he would beginning of practice we're gonna do this this uh, we'll get about an hour, 10 minutes. And it was always just a warm up, like 10, 15 minute warm up, then some kind of passing maybe, and then maybe some kind of keep away game and then play. And like the players, the starters might do like a, some kind of other game where they're not running as hard. Yeah. And then the starters would have like a more competitive, small sided to big goals game. But it was always just boom, 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 on to the next thing. Everything's set up. You just get your drink and you move on to the next thing. An hour and 10 minutes, you're done. You're wrecked if you're like, if you're not one of the starters yeah um but it was just so organized and that was your chance like that created this like especially for the non-starters it created this like you have an hour to prove yourself yeah right? you have an hour to like this is it like <laughs> it's not like this two hour we're kind of like waiting around like setting up the next thing which like college is like that even indie 11 was like that which i could not stand like going on loan to indie 11 I could not stand how unorganized it was, especially coming from this kind of training yeah. where it was just like, all right, this is it. And that was just the culture of like, boom, boom, boom. This is your chance to, to prove yourself in practice. If you're not a starter, show what you have. Um, and then that was it. And you could, you could work out after the practice. You could work, some people worked out before like lifting. I didn't figure that out until my second year. Like I wasn't, I thought I was big enough. I was like all that, like, I didn't, I didn't do like team workouts, which were optional. Um, they were just like up on the board. You could do the workout or not. Um, so I didn't do any of that until my second year. Uh, but that was it. You get there at eight practice starts at 10. You have to get there by eight. You can get there earlier, you get treatment or whatever practice starts at 10 hour and 10 minutes. Uh, and then that's it. You can do whatever you want after that. There's catered lunch, all that. Yeah. And then you go, you go home the rest of the day is yours, which that, yeah, that is the life. That is like actually. I wanted to ask you what's Bruce Arena like, bro? Like he's people, people sleep on Bruce Arena. Like people can talk shit about American coaches. And as far as like, yeah, the Gorgon cleans men's, but like I, in my argent, my, my eyes, Bruce Arena is the most successful, like U S men's yeah. soccer coach. Absolutely. And yeah. he's, he's just, uh, he figured out a way to like, he had a system, he figured out a system and he figured out a way to plug certain players in 
and and like I call them I call them the Patriots kind of or Bill Belichick because he would just take kind of a lot of times you just take players that were kind of unexpected and you just saw something in them that would fit into his system and uh, knew that they he could either train them to to do what he needed them to do or they already were like had some kind of advantage that he could just fit into his system and he would just bring them in and plug them in that's why I think that's why I got chosen because I was like I wasn't a like one of the top guys that everybody was talking about at the combine I was just like he saw me as like uh the type of forward that he might be able to uh I think it probably was like a, a second like a backup to Giassi so right. like it was either going to be me or Giassi as yeah. that like compliment to Robbie Keane think about like his his thinking for that like yeah like exactly. he knew what he was looking for exactly that's and it's crazy. not what everybody's looking for yeah and I think that's why he's one of the best is he just has his like he has his pieces he knows where they are and he knows how to just pick and and plug them into various places and he knows how to like make the most of of what he has too without just being like um I mean it, it was the most it was the it, it was a type of coaching that I hadn't ever seen before and it was just very like like he knew what he was doing he knew uh he knew what he wanted and if you couldn't do it then the next guy is ready to go <laughs> like the next guy is ready to to show up and it was very specific. It always felt very specific what, what he wanted. Like yeah. you could feel like you had a great day of training, but he wants you to be more, uh, more aggressive in the box or something like, like I could do all kinds of great stuff outside the box, but he just wants to be more aggressive in the box yeah. um, or vice versa. Like I could have a training that I thought was not great. And he would come up to me and say, great, good stuff today. Good stuff today, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> so it was that was interesting, but super valuable uh, having him as a coach and um, and just being part of that that whole organization. How how well put together and how well it was run. Right, because uh, I still I still use a lot of the sorry. When they got the ring, did you play that season? or Were you with the Dos? You know I had it ready for you here. Huh? You know I had it ready for you here. Oh man. <laughs> oh man yo people forget bro people forget like if i if i had one of those i would wear around my neck <laughs> iced out bro uh, so you i was that was uh los dos year so i was on loan to los dos for that year for and for that year the end of that year i got loaned to indy 11 for a month for their end of their season uh, but then i came back and i got to be part of the last few games yeah, I remember my sister was being there, uh, but you also got to go to the White House as soon as you came in because of the year before, no? Yeah, yeah. that was another part of the just surreal, like, like yeah. a couple months before we were just chilling in, in Edmonds <laughs> and then now I'm, yeah, I'm at the White House, like all these players that I've idolized and the team that I idolized, like it was it was crazy kobe jones like like i remember another crazy thing that makes me feel like what is like life is weird i was uh when i was younger i had uh cornrows or i had like braids that would come off the side of my head uh -huh. and the the lunch guy the guy in the cafeteria at school would call me kobe jones i like every day he'd just call me kobe jones and then next thing i know i'm like 
or I don't know, not next thing I know, but I was like meeting Kobe Jones. Like he's just around, like, yeah. Like, I didn't even know who he was when I was, when I was like second grade or whatever. Man, that's the face of the galaxy, bro. That's Kobe Jones is iconic, bro. Not just because of yeah. what he did for the galaxy, but Kobe Jones is a part of MLS culture, bro. Like as far as like, he was one of the first African-American players to, that was, you know, big time, the dreads, like he was, he was it. Like he was yeah. swaggy. He was number three. I remember I wanted to be number 13 because of Kobe Jones. And as of the years, like, bro, there's only like certain, like I, I feel like we, there needs to be more Kobe Jones that come into the league and like make it their own way so they can be yeah. iconic, you know? um yeah. th that's why i love jazzy jazzy paint the, the hair and just like he, like you said like homegrown player like it can show that you know it's not just about what they do on the field but like the impact that they have and the influence that they have on the on the whole league itself you had a good year with galaxy 2 um did you and uh, you know you bounced around with indy 11 did you think you needed to go to Europe to kind of just like step up your career or kind of just like take a different trajectory or did, or do you uh, wish you would have stayed in the, uh, the American league in the American leagues? Uh, before I go to that, I just want to go back to Bruce real quick because yeah. he, another thing that he did that, or I think he did that was, uh, that's related to what I've been talking about a lot with the mental side of things is I think he identified players based on that, like that, that kind of thing that they had, like yeah. the mental mental soundness i think he he looked at that as a a big part of his uh selection process um and i don't think a lot of coaches do that i think they just look at like performance on the field yeah if, if, I, think he, I think he valued that a lot i think if if you look at like klopp what he's done at liverpool i feel like it's total opposite of what Mourinho does i feel like yeah. he he builds that a relationship with his players and i feel like he building that relationship with your players not just it's it just like gets you it gets them to work for you or like gets them to like you know just like on a different level that rather you know just yelling them and like ed kelly right. down the road you know you're not gonna exactly. you know i guess get the best out of a player if you're just yelling at them or just like you know constantly just i feel like that that style of coaching is so outdated like it's so like Yes. You know, I hate the way Mourinho carries himself. I hate how people suck him off because he's the chosen. Like, bro, like you're a yeah. shitty person. You know, it's that whole thing that we're we're moving towards, which is looking at the whole player, the whole individual yeah. instead of just the athlete. And yeah. I think, like I think some coaches do that a little bit more than others, and they. I think one of the things that Bruce did was he looked at players like uh, values, like the values of a certain player, and looked at how that could contribute to to them on the field. So yeah. instead of just their performance. Yeah, it's 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 I feel like coaches like that put the locker room first, the team first. You know, it's not about ego. I feel like Bruce Arena doesn't have an ego. I feel like he he's very into <laughs> does he? Yeah. I just feel maybe because he's successful and all of that. I feel like he's I mean, very not, more like yeah, it's not unfounded ego though. It's like yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're successful, uh the most successful. So uh, yeah, but I would say he has no ego. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you you go to Germany. Um, yeah, so so Germany was like my contract with Galaxy didn't get picked up um, or extended, and I could have like gone to USL and like 
figured out a team to go to. I think I was like considering San Antonio. Um, and I just saw that as like the, you know, I was still like eager to like hang on to this MLS thing. Like I still, I started at the top. I still, like I wanted to have that forever. And in LA too, like, I don't want to leave LA. That's like, everything was just better over there. So I don't want to go to San Antonio and go to this USL team. I saw, like, I played against these teams with Galaxy 2. I knew that this, that just the organization, I played with Indy 11, uh, which was a terrible season for me. I knew that these these leagues were just like, uh, or these, these lower level league teams were just not as uh, organized, not as uh, talented, not just everything was going to be down a level. And I just saw that path as like, I'm going to be stuck in that for the rest of my career. Yeah. I was like 20, 25, 26. I'm, I'm going to be stuck in bouncing around these USL teams. Like I've seen so many other players do for the yeah. rest of their careers, um, which ultimately ended up being the reason that I, we can get to later, but ultimately ended up being the reason that I stopped playing because I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I went to Germany because I saw that as the best opportunity to like, either go play well there and move up in the German uh, German league or um, go play well there and move up in the German league and then come back to MLS and, and still play MLS. So I just saw that as a more uh, valuable potential option mm -hmm. um, in that sense. Which How is, say, how'd you up, like it? <laughs> didn't end up being <laughs> that, but um it was it was pretty brutal at first because I I was again I was coming from LA and I was it was January so I got there it was like gray new culture new uh, new players new like new language new new like league yeah uh, this league was it was regular league so it was like some of the players were professional all of them were professional but some of them were just like happy to be there kind of like college like yeah that kind of attitude about it um but also not like college because they took it way more seriously than college like everybody was like this is everything when it came to game time um but they weren't trying to like like i was going there with the intention of moving up to the second division or or like playing with a team a higher level team there and none of those other guys were really like maybe a couple of them were trying to do that but nobody else was really trying to or like progress their career it was all just about like it was this town like we're playing for this town and we just need to we want to be successful for this team this town and it was there was like a lot of energy around that but it wasn't like the same energy that I had that was I was trying to go yeah I was trying to go places um so it was rough the first coach I had did not for some reason didn't like me um and so he, he wasn't playing me. Like he was, I, I definitely think uh, I should have been playing. That's a situation that I should have been playing, I think, but um, I wasn't playing with that coach. I ended up leaving that team after half of a season and going to another team that was supposedly supposed to be a better situation. Um, according to my agent who looking back, didn't, didn't really have, didn't really care what was going on. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to another team that was supposed to be a better situation and 
it ended up being another almost a worse situation with like the coach was a little bit nicer and the team the team was a little bit more like uh I don't know a little bit more casual even um so I played like the second half of that season I played a lot but it was uh it just didn't it didn't pan out how I wanted it to going into Germany and um and there it it also sucked because I was like at, at a certain point I was like realizing what was happening and I was stuck there so I was yeah. like stuck in another country and uh and it wasn't it wasn't great so like what am I gonna do am I gonna I'm, I'm under contract so like how does that work can I just leave like I'm gonna go back to America and what I'm not gonna like the middle of a season nobody's gonna sign me I'm not gonna be able to play for a team so like what am I gonna do and so I just kept stuck it out the rest of the season with the second team that I that I was with, and uh, I came back and ultimately I had an injury go, coming back, so I ultimately ended up just saying I'm not gonna like bounce around these lower level teams and or second division teams and I don't know not really have like a home base and just stay in this like USL league making like barely any money for yeah I mean, not not no money but like not good money um so i i just uh, i just felt like it was going nowhere so i kind of just said that's it i don't need to be like worrying about where i'm going to be in the next six months or the next yeah. year uh and and that was it and it's just taxing on your body too like i was tired <laughs> it was tiring stuff like every day it was uh it was a lot. So I was, I was kind of craving that, like, all right, I can stay in one place for a year or two and know that this is going to be my life for a little bit and, and uh, try some other stuff too, like yeah. some other things with my life. So I had been craving that, I think for a long time. And so that's what I ended up deciding to do. A harsh reality players have to face, you know, what, what do we do when it's time to hang up the boots? You know, it's like, yeah, we want to play on forever, but Body's getting hurt. It's you're, you're tired of kind of being in the same scenarios, you know. So is it worth it? Like, is it, you know, for you it came at, you know, later on at 25 after you had played pro. For me, it was right after college. Like, I don't want to keep doing this shit. Like, it's not worth it. There's no pride in it. There's no money for it. And it's just like, at the end of the day, you know, like I had a BC degree that was good enough for me. Uh, for you, you got drafted by the LA Galaxy. You were an MLS champ. Like, that's good enough for you. And, you know, it's to in my eyes that both of our stories are successful. Um, but where it's hard, it's it's a hard pill to swallow is like, damn, these are the best case scenarios. These are like, you know, these are where American players, like these are the trajectory of their career. And it's just like sad because it shouldn't be like that. At 25, 26, you should have been in your prime, you know? And it's just like tough. It's tough, like it's tough being a pro and it's tough. I feel like up here too, you know, it is tough being a pro. And that was a big part. Like if it's not going anywhere, if it's not going to like, if you're not established in an MLS, like starting lineup by the time you're 26 or something, I think uh, Wondolowski was like 27 before he got like established in a team, but that doesn't happen for most people. Yeah. Uh, if you're not established by that, by the time you're 25, 26, then you're not going to, you're not going to make it. And I was 26 when I stopped. So I saw I saw what was coming. I saw this USL path that I was going to, like, yeah, I could have probably played for 
another five years in USL or like just hung on for hung on to this USL uh, lifestyle for a while. Like I've seen so many players. Yeah. But they did tell us <laughs> when I got to LA, I don't know what it, it was some, somebody that from the league or the union that came and talked to us. Uh, they did tell us that almost everybody, your career is going to end before you expect it to. Yeah. It's just, it's always going to end sooner than you expect it to. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Like nobody, even the higher level players, maybe David Beckham, like that's how many players have that glory. Like, all right, I have this big retirement and then, all right, I'm just going to go casually play for PSG real quick again. And that's my actual retirement. Like nobody actually, none of these players actually can just uh, have like a, a steady, steady career. And then like say, okay, I think I'm going to start thinking about retirement. Like that barely ever happens Yeah, with most players. Yeah. Uh, it's, so they, it's, you don't expect it, but that's another part of this whole thing that I'm talking about with like, with having the mental part of it is like when you, if you have some kind of mental soundness and some kind of structure and values that I, I think make you a better player, I think that will also help you with uh, transitioning out of that. Because if you have a sense of self, um, if you have a sense of solid sense of self as a player, your whole career, your whole youth development, then you'll still have a solid sense of self that it isn't tied to soccer when you leave the game yeah when, when the game yeah. leaves you so that i mean i i'm sure there's so many players out there that have gone through that uh i mean it's your whole identity from yeah. if you're pretty young it's your whole identity some kind of sport some kind of athletic ability is your whole identity and then all of a sudden you don't need to prove yourself every weekend to to prove your value to the world yeah. so <clears throat> how are you going to adjust to that if you have a solid sense of self and some value and, and know that you're, you're uh, who you are as a person a little bit better, I think it's valuable as a player. And then I think that will also help when you, when you stop playing and it will take you so into true, whatever, bro. whatever else you're going to do. So true. Um, just from my experience, like once I stopped playing, I knew I, did, I, I was so frustrated with soccer and I hated soccer and I was like, fuck soccer. But then when I quit, I'm like, what do I do now, bro? Like, 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 yeah. yeah, it was, it was who I am. It was, I was the soccer person and it's, it's a hard process to dig yourself out of that and kind of like prove to yourself that you're more than an athlete and you do, you yeah. know, it's, it's hard in, in those dark times of when you put the, you know, hang up the game, it's hard to find, okay, what else? Like, I feel like those are the most vulnerable times of, of, uh, of an athlete's career where we have to like, you know, we have to we have to let people know that it's not the end of the world that there's ways to deal with this you know and it just because it, it, it's it's uh it's a almost like it's like a grieving process it's like fuck you just put away you know the yeah. last 25 years of your life so it's definitely as much as like sports are beneficial to your life you know when they end they also it's it's hard to adjust to like i guess reality mm -hmm. um i i can tell you i feel like a completely different human from like it's like the <laughs> right when I stopped playing my life after that I am a completely different human like I don't even recognize the player or the person yeah. that I was when I was when I was playing it was yeah, weird like it's a different life 
Yeah, it's it's like I feel like we can actually even though I was frustrated with soccer, like after I got out of that funk, like I can enjoy it. Like it doesn't have to be my number one priority. And it just like, oh, it's like I'm still interested, but like there's other things I wanted to do with my life. You know, I'm sure exactly. bro, your art, like I it, that's why I, when I when we started the podcast, I feel like bro, the time with you and as I got to know you, like to me, you're an artist. Like I've seen you know, people have seen your art, people have really like you know like bro you got it and i feel like soccer came to you second nature so i always admire that i was like yo how is this guy so you know so successful and he doesn't really like you know it just comes to you natural so man that's that's amazing boy and i'm glad you're you're at a stage where you know you did that and you're on, gone on to like better things and kind of you know establish yourself as you know um as a trainer and as a as an artist yeah and that's part of like I felt that I felt that my whole playing career I felt like I gotta hang on to this soccer career I gotta hang on to like uh, this is what I am like I have that identity but I also felt this pull to like there's something that I'm not doing that I'm like I'll do it eventually but I was like I'm tired of like soccer like what is this yeah there's a, there a big part of me inside that was like soccer is not everything and I, there's something else out there that I want to do and I think a big part of that is is my art but uh, probably things related to that too but yeah. I think that's also it's also so important especially with this we're talking about this youth stuff like there needs to be a big shift in this youth stuff that is teaching kids that there's uh, that they are again looking at the whole individual and not just the player and I think I know that that will help the help their yeah. their playing their it'll help their playing development so much and it'll also help their transition out of the sport It'll just help everything a lot more if we're thinking about these things um, from the beginning. I agree. I agree. I think these are the tools that are are keeping us from, you know, winning, winning or, or elevating the 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 value of the sport is like, you know, I feel like everything here about America is about winning and competitive and want to be number one. That do we actually care, you know, about the individuals that are, you know, in these competitions or playing these sports and i feel like that comes second and i feel like right that's so so naive just because we want a better level we want better players and like we're not tapping into this stuff that you're saying that is preventing us from developing the best players in the world it's coming it's out i'm hoping to be part of it but i think it's coming because like i said somebody's going to figure out um that there's more to it than lots of cones and and all that but uh yeah i think it is coming uh and i do like i do that i i coach i have goodgamefit.com um and i do like i do physical coaching and then i also do like mental coaching with with some players too but i left club soccer because like i don't want to i don't need that i i don't enjoy that as much i don't feel like i can offer as much if i'm just coaching training rather than the things that i'm talking about with you um which is a lot of like the how to navigate life uh, yeah. and in relation to a hundred percent bro like that's why i don't i've stepped away from the the coaching world it's just like it's it's all money rooted like these clubs they don't they you know they don't really care about the development they care about winning they care about putting a temporary group of kids together and giving them an experience when it's like soccer is more more than that life is more than that and i think like also for me, it's like 
if I'm going to coach, I'm going to do it in the school setting, like in a school setting where I can be more than just a coach or more than just like a sports figure, bro. Like I realized that in these environments, these are, there's kids that don't have dads. There's kids that, you know, don't have a big brother that, you know, come from a single parent home. And that's like more valuable to share my, I'd rather share my information, my experience with that kind of scenario instead of the American, your typical American youth soccer. It's just like, I feel like it's so shallow. Parents don't really care for you. Parents just, bro, they, they want you to, they just want their kids to be good. And yeah. I feel like, you know, it, it, it goes back to the whole spectrum of American culture. We have to be number one. We have to be competitive. So it's a lot of it's a lot of things that, you know, we have to shine the light. But I feel like like, yeah, bro, like me and you, like we're going to be the change in the world that we want to see as cheesy as that sounds like it's going to come from us. Like we Absolutely. it's going to come from the, you know, the next generation because we lived it like as far as like 25 years ago, we didn't have when we were growing up. The, the MLS was young, youth soccer was young, but like we've kind of had the last 25 years to give them a crack. Like the youth club soccer, uh, you know, the federation is like, it's not really gone where, you know, promised to be. It is never, you know, it, it, they sold us. I feel like club soccer sold us so much bad information. Like the bar is so low and lazy and it's, it's, it's time for it to change and actually focus on the important things for the actual individual player. And um, I would... I would say to everybody that you have on this podcast that uh, they should be thinking about that too. Like, what can they offer that's not just the same stuff, the same stuff yeah. that everybody's done before, the same stuff that they've learned, the physical, like the drills and all that. Like, what can you offer about your experience that is actually valuable and can actually help the next generation? Yeah. And that's one thing I love to see about our generation, bro, is that uh, I guess I'm seeing more people that have you know kind of hung up the boots come back to the game and teach and have their own development or have their own training program and it's completely different from what i saw growing up you know it's more it's more actually i think accurate as far as like okay like you know here's the development part of it and also i feel like there's a lot of firsthand experience on like what to expect on like what flaws you know not what flaws the system has that you know can be avoided so uh, yeah i think i think soccer is it's at a great, it's at a, I think it's, I, I'm always, I'm positive about it, bro. I'm, I'm so yeah. optimistic, optimistic about it. And, and I, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see the next generation as far as uh, for you, where do you work? How do you feel about the current state of the MLS? It's heading in the right direction. I think it's going to take a while, but it, I think it's definitely uh, getting a lot better. Um, and I mean, just from the time that I was, that I was there, I think it's come a long way. And I like I see games and I'm like, this is this is a high level. This is yeah. like comparable to some of these like it's getting closer to comparable to some of these these European leagues. And um, like people used to say that the German third division was better than MLS. Yeah, no way. No chance anymore. I don't I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, um, it's definitely that's still a high, super high level. But like, no, MLS is is very good competitive level. I I think it's I think MLS soccer is gonna not I think it you know it's definitely improved it's definitely I'll say you know top 20 leagues in the world uh, just because of its resources and the growth that it's had but also I feel like in the next 
five to 10 years, MLS is not just going to be a league. MLS is going to be like a style of play, bro. Because if, if you break down the way the MLS, the game is played, it's physical, it's strong. Like players come to this league and be like, bro, this, this is fast. This is like, I think eventually people are going to give us that respect and just be like, bro, that this is a tough league to play. Like, yeah. And it depends who you're bringing, like, as we're going through these, like, transitions of who who are these big name players that we're bringing in uh, from other countries, it it really matters who you're bringing in and who's going to shift the style of play, who, with who's going to shift the style of play of the whole league. So we're bringing in all these, like, South American players. I don't think it's, like, a big, uh, like, physical league as much anymore. I don't feel like it's a, a super physical. I think there's a lot of, like, technical tactical stuff going on that is not like what it was uh especially like when i was a kid watching revolution like that was way more just like call it like the best college players coming in and like making it to the mls like shari joseph wearing turf cleats those days (laughs) (laughs) he's still wearing them (laughs) um but yeah man i think yeah we've been going on for like two hours i think a lot a lot it was, this was different. This one was different. Um, yeah. You know, I, I came to pretty much, I, I'm, I, I came here as a fan, bro. You know, I'm a huge Galaxy fan. So I, I was going to ask you more about your experience there or not, but everything you brought up hasn't been said. Like, you know, you educated, you, yeah. Like I've never even thought about soccer in the way you were talking about. And it's as someone that is teaching the game now, and like, I want to take the responsibility to give back. I feel like the, these are these are the conversations that I need to have and kind of just also like share. So, bro, thank you. Thank you for your time. And you, I know, you know, your experience and your career, bro, has been a success. So I, I you should I'm proud of you, bro. You know, you're one of my one of my favorite friends. And I've, I'm, I, I've been fortunate and I've been lucky to be a part of your career and kind of seeing you grow. So I'm glad I'm glad you, you, you were able to live out the dream, bro. Like and you, you should be proud of yourself, bro. Your mom's proud of you. And you know the whole city of Boston, Boston College, and and hey, thank you. Uh, you're you're providing the platform for us to have these conversations, and and uh, I mean it'll keep growing. If you keep it going, it'll keep growing, and people are gonna keep listening to it because these are you're gonna have these these ones that you hear stuff that perspectives that other people haven't heard before that you haven't heard before, I haven't heard before, and it's yeah. just gonna keep growing like that. So uh, thank you for uh, providing the platform for us to talk about this stuff I love it I love talking about it my experience and um, like I said that's what I do with kids now and uh, so I enjoy it um, and let's do it again we'll do it yeah again. man definitely definitely I feel like there's so much we could have you know covered and dove into it um, but th- yeah man I, a lot to digest for me and kind of just this is my way to build culture I feel like this is our our generation's way to you know to create culture and to build this culture like to provide a platform like this where we can just speak soccer. I'm not here to bash the national team. I'm not here to talk about the old days, you know, like all of that is fun and stuff, but like, it's, I want to have these progressive talks that are going to elevate the game from a different, from different, you know, experiences and firsthand people. So you're definitely a credible person. And man, thank you for giving me the time, bro. I know, I know you'll definitely be back on and I can't wait to see you soon. Thank you. Peace out, big dog.